Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. I want to talk to you about healing today. I want to talk to you about how healing is here. Healing is here. And uh, many people have limited what God can do in their lives when it comes to healing. We think God can, you know, grow out a foot a little bit or God can heal a headache or God can heal uh, somebody of this small thing or that thing. But God is the healer of spirit, soul and body. He heals our spirit by causing us to be born again. He heals our soul through the renewing of our mind, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And he heals our body by the Holy Spirit indwelling in us or by the various methods that God has given in the Bible to bring healing. So if you look through the scripture, someone said, well, what is the right way to receive God's healing? Is it through the laying on of hands? Because the Bible says they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Is it through the anointing of oil? Because the Bible says they'll anoint the sick with oil and you can and the and the and the power of the Lord will heal them. Or is it through the prayer of agreement where two of you shall agree about anything they ask? It shall be done for them. Somebody said, is it which one is it or should you have to do all of them? Do you you know push all these levers in order to be healed? And the answer is any of the above. The answer is God is so generous. He's so good and he's so generous that he's provided all these these touch points or all of these um, of these uh, these 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 points of touch or these these points of contact that bring healing in our lives. You know, you can receive healing by just asking God to release the gift of healing in your life. You can receive healing by saying, thank you, Lord, that I'm healed by your stripes. You can receive healing by the laying on of hands. You can receive the healing through the prayer of agreement. You can receive healing through taking communion. You can receive healing just as you're singing and worshiping and praising God. In other words, there's no limit to what way God can heal you because God's provided all healing. All healing comes from God because Jesus is our healer and God is a healing God. One of his names in the Old Testament is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, the Lord, our healer. Now, someone might need to be healed of cancer tonight. Someone might need to be healed of a headache tonight. Somebody might need to be healed of a of a bad marriage situation. Somebody might need to be healed of depression. Somebody might need to be healed of an addiction. You know, there is no limit to how God heals and there's no limit to what God heals. But healing is here. I don't know if you heard me tonight because healing is here. You need healing in your body. You need healing in your soul. Somebody might need some healing in your checkbook. Somebody might need some healing in your bank account. Lay hands on that. I've laid hands on cars that were sick and they got healed. The Bible doesn't limit what he will heal. He just says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I've laid hands on sick animals. People have said, would you pray for my animal? (laughs) It's so sad. Okay, let's pray for your animal because I don't like your tears. Let's pray right now. I don't really care about the animal, but I don't want you crying anymore. So let's believe God. Uh, All right. It's just playing around a little bit. Don't get too offended. Um, But I've laid hands on cars that wouldn't start and they started. I've laid hands on sick people that with cancer and they've been healed. I've laid hands on people that couldn't hear and they were healed. I've laid hands on people that were that were emotionally distraught and and, and in panic mode and the Lord has healed them. So God can heal anything. 
and he is he is the healer and healing is here. I want you to say that healing is here. Now, the reason I want to talk about this today is because not only are we people that God loves so much that he wants us well, but God loves the world so much that he wants us to go and heal the hurting, too, because we're not just people that are supposed to receive from God, but we're people that are called to give out whatever we've received and whatever God has provided. And he has provided healing. And you know that healing is one of the marks of God's love. Right. In other words, the Bible says and move with compassion. Well, I'll just read it to you. What is it? Matthew um, chapter 14, verse 14. It says and, and, and moved with compassion. Jesus healed. He went ashore and he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. Do you know that it's God's character to heal the sick? Do you know that's God's character? Do you know even hospitals are God's idea? The first hospital that we have recorded in the Bible is found in Luke chapter 10, I believe it is, where there's a man who has been robbed and beaten half to death. And the Bible says that a priest passed by and and wouldn't and he he wouldn't help him. And then a Pharisee passed by uh, and wouldn't help him. The religious people wouldn't help the sick. But then the Good Samaritan came along and he picked up the person who was sick and he binded up his wounds and put him on his Uh, his own donkey and took him to the local inn. And there at that inn told the innkeeper to take care of that sick man and gave him two coins two two days wage and said, if I don't return, if I if if I take longer than two days, I'll make sure to pay you more. And he he really formed the first hospital that day. That's why so many hospitals are named Good Samaritan Hospital or Good Shepherd Hospital or the Lord Redeemer Hospital or you name it, Saint Alexian, Saint this, Saint that. passed by at one hospital the other day. It was such a powerful name. I forget what it is. It's in our community. It's in Chicago somewhere. But it was something like, um, oh, gosh, um, his presence. It was something about his presence hospital, the hospital of his. Anybody know that hospital? What is it called? His presence. Okay, (laughs) just like I said, thank you for confirming that Uh, (laughs) presence. What do you think that's talking about? It's talking about God's presence. All these hospitals were they were they were formed because people that started them knew that healing was God's gift, whether it came through a doctor, whether it came through uh, medicine, whether it came through a touch from heaven. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. I love this verse. It says in Matthew 14, 14, I'll read it to you again. But he says, Let's go over this verse one more time, because it's so beautiful. When he came when he came ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them. And what did he do when he felt compassion for them? He healed their sick. And then uh, and then, of course, he sent them, you know, they were hungry and he fed them, too. And so he had compassion on them and fed them. But if you go through the scriptures, you see that it's God's character. It's Jesus nature to heal. The disciples never witnessed Jesus saying no to healing anybody. Nowhere in the Bible do we see God took healing from somebody, but he always gave healing to somebody. That's his nature. And that's 
what he did on the cross. See, a lot of people, most Christians or I mean, you can't be a Christian if you don't believe what I'm about to say, that Jesus took our sins on the cross. How many here believe that? Okay, you're going to heaven. How many didn't raise your hand? Ouch. If you didn't raise your hand to that, you need to raise your hand and accept Jesus as your savior and Lord. All you got to do is just say, Jesus, I accept you as your as my savior and Lord. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Nobody would doubt that. Nobody here would debate that. Nobody here would question that. But what people question all the time is, but did he die for our sickness and disease, too? And we only have to look at the Bible to find out if that's true. So in Isaiah chapter 53 verse in Isaiah, chapter, let's go through some verses here. Isaiah chapter 53. I want you not only to know how to receive your healing, but I want to equip you to bring healing to others. Is that is that fair? Because everyone you come in contact with is sick in some way. And we need to realize we're on this earth as healers. We're healers. We're made in the image of God. We're the body of Christ. How is Jesus going to touch anybody if he doesn't touch them with his hands, with his eyes, with his, you know, with his, you know, with like I'm I don't know what you are in the body of Christ, but I'm like the saliva. I spit on a lot of people. (laughs) But you know what? When Jesus spit on people, they got healed. So I don't mind being associated with that. I call it holy spit. You know what I'm saying. But um, but um, but if we um, where did I tell you to go? Thank you, Isaiah 53, just to stay in the spirit here now, pull you back out of the flesh because some of you went there. Um, But um, joking, verse three, he was despised and forsaken of men prophecy about Jesus. And we'll prove it in scripture um, because some people might say, well, how do we know this is about Jesus? He was despised and and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and like one from whom men hide their face. He was despised and yet we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions and was crushed for our iniquities. And the chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. Or the New King James or the King James says by his stripes, we are healed by his. Let's look at that verse in the New King James translation. Verse three, it says or verse four says, surely he himself bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. And we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But it says in verse five, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So you say, well, of course, that's just referring. Some Christians would argue and I'm here to just help you understand the word of God better. But some Christians would argue, well, that's just spiritual healing that he's talking about. By his stripes, we're healed spiritually so we can be born again. And let me tell you something. Most of Christianity and most preachers will tell you that's referring to spiritual healing. I had a very well-known preacher that's not um, of the influence of healing, 
wasn't persuaded about healing at all. And I remember him telling me, well, I don't really believe like you believe about healing, because I believe when the Bible says that he bore our sicknesses and carried away our sorrows and by his stripes were healed, he's talking about salvation. That's what he said. And I said, well, let's look over in Matthew, chapter eight, verse 16. Let's do that. Now, this would be a great time for a video of me actually telling him that. Like so then I said and then a video shows behind me, me actually saying it right. Um, Look at Matthew, chapter eight, verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. That could be a spiritual problem. No problem. And he casts out the spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick. And he healed all who were sick. Now, we know Jesus healed the sick people with leprosy, people with blindness, people with pain of of all sorts. So we know he's talking about healing the sick. He's not even talking about healing the sick spirit here because he didn't do that until he died on the cross and his blood was shed. And then people could be born again and truly be healed spiritually. So he's healing people physically here. He's casting out demons with a word. He didn't have to have a conversation with the devil. He didn't have to have a long dissertation. It was just like one word. Get out, out. And he healed all. Wait, that word is just a funny word right there. We should probably take that out since you can prove in your lifetime somebody that you know that didn't get healed. But the Bible says Jesus healed all who were sick. Now, we can go with your 30 years of expertise or we can go with 2000 years of expertise. We can go with your experience to argue our way out of a gift God wants to give us. Or we can go with what Jesus said and what Jesus did and not lose out or miss out on this precious, beautiful gift of God's compassion called healing. Now, I'm making an argument here about how healing is yours and healing is here. I'm but I'm not arguing it because of my theological upbringing, because I didn't have any. I'm arguing it based on the scripture and only the scripture. And I'm really not arguing. You understand the spirit of this is I'm making a I'm making a case for you to be able to easily receive and easily give healing of any kind to anybody that you come in contact with. And to be equipped with this gift is to be equipped with God's love because Jesus moved with compassion, healed the sick, moved with compassion, fed the multitudes, moved with compassion, touched the coffin of the boy whose mother was in grief and raised the boy up from the dead and gave him back to his mother. And he healed all who were sick. Now, notice if Isaiah was referring to spiritual healing, then why did Jesus use this verse in Isaiah to bring healing physically? Because it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. 
Jesus himself used Isaiah and the quote from Isaiah about him to heal the sick because Jesus knew who he was and Jesus knew he was the healer. But he used the scripture to prove to the Jewish people who believed in Isaiah, but didn't necessarily believe in him that he is still the healer. And in case you're wondering, well, that was back then, 2000 years ago in Jesus earthly ministry. Let's just deal with that argument that will go in your head and that religious people might try to talk you out of healing with that with that theological argument. And let's look at Hebrews, chapter 13, verse eight, Hebrews, chapter 13, verse eight. And notice what he says here. Hebrews, chapter 13, verse eight, Jesus Christ. Is this the the same Jesus Christ that healed the sick, the same Jesus Christ that went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil? Is that the Jesus Christ you think he's talking about? Do you think this is the same Jesus Christ that saved your soul? Do you think this is the same Jesus Christ that is seated at the right hand of the father and has seated you and me with him in heavenly places? Do you think this is the same Jesus Christ that died for our sins on the cross and was buried and on the third day rose from the dead? Do you believe that that this scripture is talking about that same Jesus Christ? I do, too. (laughs) Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So the same Jesus that saved 2000 years ago is the same Jesus that saves today. The same the Jesus that that healed 2000 years ago is the same Jesus that heals today. But people say the argument is, well, okay, God heals some people, but he doesn't. But he picks and chooses who to heal for his glory and who to leave sick. But healing isn't something that is out there in the future. Look at look at Peter quoting Isaiah and Peter, the apostle that Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The same guy that doubted Jesus and denied him three times, but then came around. Right. That same guy is the one that in Acts chapter five, people tried to get in his shadow just to be healed. They tried to get in Peter's shadow. Like if you came up here right now, my shadows right here. You guys can't see it on the camera, but um, my shadows right here. And it's like if you like if you thought I was as powerful as Peter, which I am. But so are you. (laughs) But so are you. But at that time, they didn't have the scriptures. They only had the apostles. Okay, so they couldn't receive the promise of healing based on first Peter two twenty four. They just had Peter two twenty four. They just had Pete. They didn't have his letters. They didn't have the scriptures that he wrote inspired by the Holy Spirit, but they had Peter. And so they 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 got in his shadow just to be healed. Some people would take handkerchiefs and rub it on Paul's body and then rub it on and then put it on sick their sick loved one and they would be healed. And look, so therefore, I'd just like to announce that for your donation of fifty dollars or more, I'll send you your own handkerchief. No. okay, I make fun of that because it's stupid. Because healing is free. 
and anybody that's selling it, anybody that's selling it, you need to stay away from. Um, but <laughs> but my point here is that um, that Peter says in first Peter, chapter two, verse twenty four, let's look there. He says now he's quoting Isaiah, but he actually changes the way that Isaiah said this verse. He's not misquoting it. He's revising it in accordance with the new covenant. Isaiah was prophesying about what Jesus would be. But Peter is now looking back at what Jesus has done. And so he says, and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his stripes you were healed. So Isaiah said it different. Isaiah said, by whose stripes you are healed. But Peter, see, Isaiah was prophesying as if Jesus was coming right then by his stripes, you are healed. But Peter is declaring it as a past tense experience so that you would never be able to make the argument and so that the devil would never be able to lie to you and say, well, Jesus isn't going to heal you. See, he already did. By his stripes, you were healed. We're simply learning how to receive what Jesus already paid for, just like by his stripes, you were forgiven. He it says he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Why did he bear our sins in his body on the tree? Because because by him bearing our sins in his own body on the tree, we were forgiven. We were forgiven. Then we we don't get forgiven. We were forgiven. We receive the gift of forgiveness. I know this might sound like, well, why are you just you kind of just aren't you just being a little just, you know, sort of anal about were and are and was and is and, you know, what is to come and all of that? No, but because you need to understand that healing was already provided for you in the same way that salvation was already provided for you, because you the only time see you received salvation as soon as you believed Jesus died on the cross. As soon as you came into a belief about that, you said, yes, I receive it. That's not when Jesus forgave you. That's when you received his forgiveness. It's important because if we project healing one day, that day in our arguing mind, in our little, you know, mind that is so plays so so many tricks on us, our minds will convince us today's not our day. You see, or the devil will convince us today's not your day or preachers will tell you, well, you know, one day, you know, one day, someday. Yeah, I believe God can heal you someday. You know, when you get to heaven, it'll be all taken care of then. But we're dealing with pain now. And the person who argues, well, God, God doesn't provide that on the cross. Well, then that person should never, ever go to the doctor. Because if 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 healing isn't God's idea, then whose is it? Because you got God and you got the devil. So if it's the devil's idea, you know, isn't it funny that we don't see any hospitals with the name St. Lucifer? You know, think about it. 
because healing is not the devil's idea. Healing is God's idea. Right. So I just want to make this case because, you know, every one of us may fall in this in this um, this this grid of or this this uh, this whatever you call the thing where you say, OK, I fall in the spectrum. That's the word I'm looking for. Sorry. But this, you know, every one of us falls somewhere on the spectrum of of you know, does God heal? Is it is is does he heal if you if you ask him, does he heal if you get holy? Does he heal if you get the sin out of your life? Does he heal if you stop smoking? Does he heal if you stop cussing? You know, you're all sunk if that's the case. I mean, I'm just sorry, I'm, you know, but uh, <laughs> we all we're all in different places in this spectrum. But what we have to come to to understand is either what we have to understand is everybody, no matter where they are in the spectrum, when they have a loved one that's sick, they call the church. When they have a loved one that's sick, they ask for prayer. When they have a loved one that's sick, they believe in God. Everybody seems to believe in God in the hospital. I mean, you got people that have never that haven't been to church in 40, 50 years. But when their loved one is sick, they start doing this. They forget which side they, you know, they go start going, what is it? This is, it? you know, they start doing, the, you know, the sign of the cross. And they're trying to figure it out. Which side is it left or is it right first? Is it, you know, but they're like all of a sudden people become believers when they need healing. Why? Because every one of us knows in our heart of hearts that healing comes from God. Every one of us really knows that we just don't think we qualify. And I'm here to share with you how everybody qualifies, because everybody that Jesus healed, not one of them deserved it. Not one of them earned it. In fact, in Matthew, chapter 15, just real quick, just so I know that because I want to make several points here, but I I'm sort of making my my case, building a foundation first. But in Matthew, chapter 15, uh, you remember the, the woman who she was the Syrophoenician woman or the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15. And she said uh, in verse 22, a Canaanite woman came out from the region, and said, oh, Lord, she began to cry out, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon possessed, but he did not answer her a word. Wow. So you could you could make the argument, see, Sometimes God doesn't answer. And his disciples came to him and kept asking him, saying, send her away for she's shouting out after us. So you can make the argument even the disciples didn't want to heal her. Jesus didn't answer her a word. And the disciples were like, she's shouting. She's crazy. She's nuts. Let's get out of here. And he answered and said, verse 24, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You say, well, wasn't he sent for everybody at this time? Jesus only was on the earth. His earthly ministry was to fulfill the law. And it was a Jewish ministry at the time until he died on the cross. And then him shedding his blood invited all men to be saved, all humanity to be saved. He makes the invitation to all people. But at the time, he's a Jewish rabbi. 
and he's only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. That's why people misunderstand the Bible so easily, because they read the things that Jesus said and they say, oh, Jesus said, if you know, pluck your eye out and, you know, if you if you have sin, you know, if you look lost, you know, pl pluck your eye out because it's better to go to, you know, better to go to heaven with one eye than to go to hell with both of them. And he's talking to Jewish people on the basis of the law, saying there there's nothing you can do to be holy enough, because even if you plucked out your eye after one sin, how many you, you only get two. <laughs> like if it's one eye per sin, you get two. You're you're lost. You're gone. You're going to hell on the third sin because you got no more eyes to pluck out. You got no more hands to cut off. You got he said, if you if your right hand offends, you cut it off. So now you got two chances to, to 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 be offended on the third time you're offended, you're going to hell. What he's trying to prove to them was none of them could be holy by keeping the commandments. They needed a savior. That's what Jesus is trying to prove. Everybody needs a savior. So so he answers and, and says, I was only sent to the lost sheep of, of the house of Israel. This woman was not. She was a Canaanite woman. She was considered a dog the, by the Jewish culture at that time. It doesn't make it right. But at, the, at that time, the Jewish culture saw the Canaanites as as dogs, as inferior human beings. And she was one of those, quote unquote, inferior human beings, didn't have the rights didn't have the Jewish rights to healing. But she came and bowed before him and said, Lord, help me or Lord, have mercy on me. And he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Wow. Jesus just called this female a dog. Now, I don't know how you grew up, but that where I come from is not nice. But she said, Arf, arf. <laughs> like, <laughs> call me whatever you want to call me, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said, Oh, woman, your faith is great and it shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. What did she do to deserve healing? Nothing. She didn't have the right to it. She was not she didn't have the pedigree, although she was a dog, so she had some sort of pedigree. <laughs> All right, this is just uh, you know, this is all going to the dogs right now. But here's the point. 
She didn't have the pedigree. She didn't have the legal right to healing. So what did she appeal to Jesus for? Mercy, 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 mercy. She at first he didn't answer her word. Then when he finally did speak up, he's like, hey, dog, it's not for you. It's for the healing is for the children. Well, guess what you are now? And guess what I am now? Guess what we are now to as many as received him to them. He gave the right to become the children of God. Now we are the children of God. And Jesus said healing is the children's bread. So, oh, man. So you could get healed because it's your right or you get healed because it's God's mercy or you get healed because somebody had faith to lay hands on you or you get healed because, you know, your grandmother was praying for you or you get healed because you took communion or you get healed because you rubbed a handkerchief on somebody you believed, healed, you know, knew how to get healed. And, so, and then you put it on the sick person and your faith activated that miracle. But let me tell you something. God is not against any of it. God is for all of it. Or you can get healed by eating, you know, this and drinking that. But my point is, is that we don't have to wait to find the right combination of uh, ingredients and herbs and minerals and the right doctor. Go to the doctor, get your checkup, you know, believe in all of that. Take advantage of what has been afforded to you through health care and the development and the scientific research that has been done to eradicate the world of, of many things. But then we have to at the at the end of the day, we have to put our faith in God's power to to activate the gift, the gift that he offers in healing because of his love. And um, and so and so we see here that healing is the life of Jesus. And, 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 and in putting this all together, there are several things that I want to say. First of all, there's two words. Well, there's several words that he, that that healing is defined by in Greek language or words that in English are heal, healing or healed. But in the Greek or Hebrew language, they're different. The one word for healing in Mark 16, 16 and Luke 7, 50 and and Acts 4, 12 and Romans 10, 9. And, and that word is so so S-O-Z-O. I don't want to bog you down with Greek words, but I want you to know that in those scriptures it's talking about salvation and the word, the Greek word for salvation is so so S-O-Z-O. But in Mark 5, 23, Luke 8, 36, Acts 14, 9, Matthew 9, 21, Matthew 9, 22, Mark 6, 56, Mark 10, 52, Luke 8, 50, Luke 17, 19, and Acts chapter 4, verse 9. All of those verses that I just listed for you in are places where the word is healing or he healed them. And the same Greek word is so so S O Z O. So some places God uses that word Jesus uses or the writers use that word for salvation. And then other places he uses that word for healing. How is that possible that God uses the same word for salvation as he uses for healing in many places? It's because that when Jesus died for our salvation, simultaneously he died for our healing, too. That's why the same word is used in saving us. Healing is a part of our salvation. See, you're not trying to get healed now. I, this I please don't take this as Christian science or um, 
or what's the Scientology or any of those kinds of uh, er erroneous uh, theologies and erroneous doctrines. But hear what I'm saying, that in the same way that salvation is already done when Jesus died on the cross and our responsibility is simply to receive it if we so choose in the same way healing is already done. By his stripes, we were healed. It's already provided for us. It's up to us whether we're going to accept the gift. It's a gift and Jesus paid for it. But there's so much religion that has been peppered into the churches of, of America and around the world that they don't people don't associate Jesus death on the cross with healing. They only associate it with salvation. But God used the same word for salvation as he used for healing in many places in Scripture to show us that salvation and healing were both purchased at the same time by the same person through the same blood so that you can now walk out of here and say, by his stripes, I was healed. And since I was healed, then I receive my healing. Just as the Bible says to as many as received Jesus, he gave them the right to become children of God. What did they have to do? They we received him. He already was the son of God, but we received him as the son of God and became sons and daughters of God. He already died for our sins. He already paid for our forgiveness. But we at some point chose to receive it. When did we choose to receive it? When our faith was activated by the word of God, when we we heard what Jesus did for us, when we believed it, when we heard it enough to where we finally believed it. How many like grew up? You heard about Jesus, but at some point it really clicked and you're like, yeah, I believe Jesus died for my sins and I need salvation right now and I receive it. You remember there was a moment in your life or a season in your life where you received that gift. That's not when it happened. That's not when it was paid for. That's when you received it because you, faith came from hearing the word of God about what Jesus did on the cross. The problem is, is preachers haven't preached that when what Jesus did on the cross included our salvation and forgiveness of sins, but it also included our healing, our deliverance and our inheritance all at the same time. Therefore, all we're really learning to do in our walk with God is learning to receive what he already purchased for us on the cross. I know that sounds so simplistic and it may sound like it's repetitive, but until you get a hold of that, you're missing out on so much of what Jesus paid for and why, if it's all paid for, why would you in any way like if you if you if you if you buy a if you go to a buffet, if you go to a, a brunch where they have a spread where you pay one price and you, you get you can eat any of it, you don't eat your your appetizer and then eat your main course and then say, I'd like to I got to pay for the dessert now because it didn't come with it. It all came with it. All of it was included in the one price. I don't want to reduce what Jesus did to us and compare it to a buffet table. But the, the, the point help me now. The, the point is, is one price paid for all that is on the table. And therefore you have access. You have access whether you take advantage of it or not. 
you have access to everything on the table. You know, you can go back up there, right? When you, you know, you can go back up there and get seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths and as much as you want. And when Jesus spreads everything on the table of what he paid for on the cross, there's nothing in your life that he left off of that table. There's nothing that you need that he left off. So healing is the children's bread and healing is here. Healing is here. Um, The other word for healing in the Bible. You ready for this? It's the word um, therapeuo. It's the Greek word therapeuo. Well, you can identify from that what word we get therapy. So so physical therapy, emotional therapy, um, mental therapy. I mean, you, you whatever kind of therapy exists in this world is a form of healing. It's a form of recovery. And in and this is the word that is used in Matthew, chapter 14, verse 14. And in Matthew uh, eight, verse seven. And just if you look at mm, let's just say we could just take any of these verses and say in Luke, chapter six, verse 18, I'll just read it to you here because you're, you're going to leave here equipped to to receive your healing and to give healing. Uh, Matthew, or excuse me, Luke, chapter six, verse 18. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were being cured, says so they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. That word healed is not the word sosa, which means saved, which also means healed. But this healing here is therapy, therapy. So now we have healings that are forms of therapy and we have healings that are miraculous. So some healings now, some people say, well, how come, you know, they laid hands on me at the front, but nothing happened? Because what you have to understand is one form of healing in the Bible is a progressive healing. So when Jesus touched the man's eyes that were blind, he said, OK, what do you see now? And what did he say? Come on now. I see men like trees walking. So what did Jesus do? Well, that's better than being blind. See you later, alligator. Is that what he said? No. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? He laid hands on him a second time. And then the Bible says and he was and then he was restored and could see all things clearly. So healing in that passage of scripture was a progressive form of healing. In other words, even though we believe we receive, even though it's already provided for us, sometimes it's it's a it's a progressive fullness or blossoming or manifestation of your healing. So don't be deceived by what you see. So, oh, I prayed for he I, I said, Lord, I received my healing just like I received my salvation and nothing happened. But give it some time. You some in some cases we got ourselves in a condition that took us 20 or 30 or 40 years to get in. And we're like, hey, if it doesn't happen instantaneously, I'm out of here. Where's Buddha? I like hold your horses. It's a some healing is progressive. Some healing is instantaneous and miraculous. And you see the manifestation right away. And some healing is progressive and you don't see it 
on the surface, because underneath the surface, God's power is working on the inside of you to get to the root of that thing. Because even if you got the full manifestation of healing, but the root of that thing is still living inside of you, it's going to produce bad fruit again. And so God might be working on like the power of God's words, the power of your prayer may be at work on the inside of your organs. And you just look, God works not in mysterious ways, but he's working invisibly where you don't see it. God's word is at work in you to bring about what he promised would happen. So just don't give up just because you don't see it right away. Are you with me? Okay, so. Look, I'm going to tell you something. The things that I believe in the Bible are not things that somebody taught me in school. They're not things that I learned from another preacher. I've heard other preachers say some of the things that I say and I've learned from preachers and I've learned from pastors and I learned from leaders. But what I'm trying to tell you is the things that I talk to you about are not something that I read somebody else talk about. There's there are things that I learned by studying the word of God. So I want you to take that same approach and you can go back to those scriptures that I've given you and you can study these and you can see for yourself, because at the end of the day, faith comes from you hearing. You have to believe it. It's not just, well, the pastor said that we're healed, so we can go ahead and receive it. Like I'm just giving you I'm pointing you to the scriptures, but you need to let the scriptures do the talking for you. But I can take. But I can take anyone through scripture after scripture, verse after verse, and all the arguments that historically Christians have tried to make against healing and the Christians have tried to make against tongues. It's the same people and it's the same arguments, whether it's about healing, whether it's about tongues, whether it's about um, God providing for your needs there. And look, there are people that take some things to an extreme where they're just so caught up in one gift that God provides that they that 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 it becomes they become obsessed about one thing. What we need to do is realize that God has provided all of these gifts to us because at some point in our lives we need them all and God doesn't force them on you. They're gifts. You don't have to open them. You don't have to understand them. You don't have to receive them but they are gifts and you you have every right and access to open them, understand them and receive them. And I want to encourage you to be that way, because in 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 Romans eight thirty two, let me show you something and then I'll wrap this up with a couple final points. But in Romans eight thirty two, look at what he says. He says he God did not spare his own son. So if he didn't spare his own son, but instead of sparing, instead of withholding him, he didn't withhold his own son. Instead, he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him, with him, with him, not after him, not later, maybe if you are good enough with him, he freely gives us all things. So with Jesus, he freely gives you forgiveness with Jesus. He freely gives you healing with Jesus. He fully will provide for your needs with Jesus. He gives you deliverance from the curse of the law 
with him. He freely gives us all things. They all are accompanied with Christ. And so when you got him, you got the whole package. Now, what we're doing, what I'm what my gift is, is to is to un is to unpack the packages of God's beautiful gifts so you can see how real they are and how available they are and their gifts. You can't earn them. You can't work for them. You say, yeah, but what if you're you know, living this bad? You know, what if you're living a bad lifestyle? Can you still receive healing? A hundred percent, because weren't you living a sinful lifestyle and you received forgiveness? You didn't receive forgiveness as soon as you cleaned up your lifestyle. You received forgiveness while you were a sinner. So you can receive healing while you're not living the lifestyle of health. But you are prone to more sickness and more disease. If you continue to live in that lifestyle, you say, yeah, but can I receive more healing? Yeah. But why? Why would you want to be in that position where you're constantly needing a miracle? There's one thing better than having a miracle, and that's not needing one. Right. We think about it, break it down like that, like receiving a miracle is awesome. Yeah. But what if you didn't need one? That would be even more awesome. Right. So that's why we can walk in divine health. That's why as we meditate on God's word, third John, verse two, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in 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 good health just as your soul prospers or even as your soul prospers. He says not only does he want us to be healed, we receive the gift of healing, but now we can live in good health as our soul is healthy, the whole part of our life will be healthy. Now, let me just close with this um, so you can take this home with you that that I want you to have evidence of your evidence or proof that you can have this healing gift. If you um, if you just go over to one last passage of scripture, let's see, there's so many. I think I'll take you to um, this one in Galatians chapter three, and we'll close with this passage of scripture. Galatians chapter three. By the way, and, and I just throw this tuck this one in there that I know I'm I'm cheating a little by tucking one more in after I said this last one. But in first Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and it says there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And then he talks about the gifts in verse eight. The word of wisdom the gift. One is given the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, another faith, another healing gifts, gifts of healing by the same spirit. Now, what he's talking about here is that God gives these things as they're needed. These are gifts as needed. Listen. To one, he gives faith as needed. In other words, if I need to move this mountain, I don't need the gift of tongues. Shalabalamundo. I need to have the faith to make to make that mountain go. Right. And now when I begin to pray and I don't quite know what to pray, I need the gift of tongues. 
But when I'm talking to somebody who's not saved and and they're like, I don't know if I believe any of what you're saying, I don't need to start giving them an interpretation of tongues right then. They're going to be like, now I know you're crazy. (laughs) But you know what I need at that moment? A word of knowledge. See, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are all he's not saying one person has this gift and another person. No, he's saying to one is given this as needed. If you look in the context of this passage, as you need one of these gifts to that one that needs it, that gift is then made available to you at that time. The gifts of healing, healings of all sorts, another gifts of healing. There's many types of healings that are that God gives. And when somebody's sick, when somebody's broken, when somebody's discouraged, when somebody's depressed, the Holy Spirit is available in your life to bring healing in that moment, that gift of healing. But then there are times when what we really need is an interpretation because I can't quite figure out what direction to go and what, you know, the word, what the scripture really means here. Now I need an interpretation to the tongues like every gift is for when it's needed. It's not one person has this gift and another person has that gift. That's true when it comes to the the motivational gifts, which is in Romans chapter 12. But ah, I digress, sadly. Um, But I want to show you this last scripture in Galatians chapter three. You foolish Galatians. He slaps them. Paul, just like (laughs) this is like an insult. You guys are idiots. Galatians three, verse one who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly crucified. This is the only thing I want to know from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Have you now begun by the spirit? You're trying to finish it or be perfected by your flesh. In other words, Jesus died on the cross. So why are you trying to finish your salvation when Jesus already paid in full for it? Why are you trying to earn the healing when Jesus already paid fully for it? That's why he said, did you suffer so many things in vain? The Jewish people that gave up Judaism, you suffered those things. Did you suffer those things in vain? He said, if indeed it was in vain. So then does he who provides you with the spirit and works miracles among you, he works miracles among you. Present tense. Does he do it by the works of the law, by you keeping all the commandments or does he do it by hearing with faith? Even so, the answer to the question is even so Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And what happened? Abraham believed God and he had a miracle at ninety nine years old. He had a child at ninety years old. Sarah had a child. That's what he believed. He believed God. And that's how the miracle happened. It's not because Abraham kept the commandments because the commandments didn't even come until four hundred years later after Abraham lived. That's when Moses gave the commandments. Abraham came long before Moses, who gave the commandments. But God didn't give Abraham a miracle because he kept all the commandments. God gave Abraham a miracle because he believed. And your miracle and your healing comes, manifests or shows up just by believing that Jesus bore your sickness and your pain and your grief and your sorrow. Some people are grieving still in their lives over a loss of something 
And even that grief Jesus bore so that you can be healed of it and it not hurt you any longer. Let's stand together. Healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is here. Now you say, well, what do I got to do? Do I got to pray a certain prayer? Do I have to say something really special? Is there some formula? No, just receive like right now. Why not just say, I receive the gift of healing by Jesus stripes. I'm healed. It's just receiving it. You know, how did you receive salvation? You said it with your mouth. You believed it with your heart. How do you receive healing? Same way. Say it with your mouth. Believe it with your heart. He said, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So, so same word. One of the words for healing is that same word. So, so if you confess not your sins, he's saying there, but declare Jesus is my Lord and my healer. And I believe he was raised from the dead. And guess what? Don't you think if God could raise him from the dead, he can take care of that tumor, that depression, that grief by his stripes, you were healed. It's already done. I want you to say that. Say it's already done. I receive healing now. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. You got it. Say I got it. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If this message has blessed you in any way, we'd love for you to share it with your family, your friends, or anyone that you think would enjoy these amazing teachings. And also make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode.